Welcome to the Modern Cloister, where we cultivate deeper thinkers and worshipers through conversations about the Christian life, in the same spirit as the community conversations that took place during the Reformation at the Black Cloister, the former monastery and home of Martin Luther and his wife, Katharina von Bora. I'm Carissa, and I'm here with Kevin, and you may have noticed that we haven't released any new episodes in several months. When we launched this back in the spring of 2021, we had the goal of releasing episodes about three times a month. Twice a month, we're going to be related to topics and series that we were working on, and then one time a month is going to be a recap of some of the news that we felt was important. Now, as you may have figured out since our um, departure from that rhythm, we we have determined that that was probably a little bit too ambitious of a release schedule given our particular stage of life with full-time jobs and little kids at home and just everything going on, especially with the ramp up of the school year, really fell off um, our schedule and had banked on really using a lot of the material that we had prepared in advance. So we have together taken a little bit of a step back and have evaluated what's possible in this stage of our lives because we do love doing these Modern Cloister episodes and want to continue them, but do need to do a little bit different of a schedule. So we've been thinking about what that looks like for 2021. And we have been working on some new material and hope to launch a couple new series. And Kevin, do you wanna give us a preview of what a couple of those topics might be? Sure. Well, as we'll discuss in a couple of minutes, we'll hit some of the, the solas books we've been reading. Uh, that's the five solas, the kind of cry of the Reformation. Mm-hmm. Um, faith alone, through Christ alone, to God's glory alone. What else? Scripture alone. Christ alone. Christ alone. Was that all five? I think so. They're not in the I'm, order we're going to do them in. But it's those, not. I think no, those that's are the not five. the order anybody does them in. I think we are. Okay. So we'll have that. Uh, I think we're working on a couple other things, doing... Uh, Rolling through uh, kind of a, not a really a Bible reading, but um, kind of helping people gear up to understand reading and studying the Bible, looking at uh, translations, study Bibles, commentaries, mm-hmm. the differences, what they are, how to use them. So that will hopefully be a three-parter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And if any of you are thinking that you want to read the Bible and study the Bible more in 2021, we're hoping that those will be helpful. That's what we're, we're having in mind. Oh, yeah. I guess maybe we'll do those first. Yeah, they could be like New Year's resolution type things. Sure, sure. We haven't recorded them at all, but... (laughs) We need to get going on that. And then we had talked um, months ago about doing doing a a series on worship, perhaps. So we've been looking into that. I've been doing a lot of reading this year on that topic, so you may see something along those lines. But we do just want to, you know, throw that out that we're hoping to still release some material, but the rhythm that you may have gotten used to from us is probably not going to be how it happens in 2021. We're basically going to be able to release things when we can, and we hope that you will listen in and join us for those when we release them. So yeah, we'll have a, just be a slew of mini series is is It could be, yeah. So could be. look for that. It'll be three, four in a row, then a break, then five, mm-hmm. six, something like that. Yeah. Don't know if we'll do the news unless there's some breaking thing. The news, especially as it relates to evangelicals, has just gotten... Well, it's too redundant, and it's also really just too depressing, the idolatry and everything that's going on here. And uh, I don't really feel like talking about it as much, mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to be honest with everyone out there. Yeah. So uh, we're going to let most of it go unless there's something major. Obviously, uh, we're coming to you championship weekend, so I uh, hope, hope the good guys won once you're hearing this. But earlier this week, the Supreme Court did start the hearing on the Mississippi abortion ban. Of course, the ruling won't be out till July or June. I'm sure we'll be talking about that at that point. 
Uh, but we'll probably stay mostly out of the news, mm-hmm. I think. So uh, Yeah, you may hear things here and there pop into our discussions on some yeah. of the more, more topical and series-based ones. But, but we did think that that would help us both stay a little more focused on the types of content we want to be creating and, and sending out into the world. And one of the things that, in, in lieu of that, that we do feel like talking about and what we're hoping to bring to you today as we wrap up this year and look toward next year, we know that many of you may be looking for a last-minute gift for yourself or for someone you know who maybe likes to read or wants to you know, learn a little bit more about some of the topics that we've been reading about or talking about. So we decided that we would record a quick recap of some of our favorite books that we read in 2021. These are not books that necessarily were released this year, but books that we happened to pick up that were part of what we wanted to study and and be um, in the middle of conversation-wise. And so we I have a bunch of books right in front of me that I've stacked up that I have read. Kevin is looking at his Goodreads page. I have mine somewhere up. Kevin's looks a lot more impressive than mine, not going to lie. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go ahead and kick it over to Kevin, and we're just going to share a couple of the ones that that really stood out to us that we would recommend to just give you guys some, some last-minute ideas if you're looking for new books. Oh, one to recommend. Well... Probably my favorite book I read this year would be uh, The New Testament and Its World. And that's Michael Byrd and N.T. Wright. Um, I think it was mostly kind of taken from N.T. Wright's writings um, on Paul and uh, the resurrection. And then kind of recaptured, not rewritten necessarily, but kind of organized. And then uh, commentary added from Michael Byrd. It's it's really good. It's... um, it focuses on kind of the history, literary, and kind of theology aspects. So you end up with um, a, a dig down into kind of the genres of the New Testament, what what the different books are. Um, it goes to the to the history when they were written, to whom they were written, uh, kind of the value there. It does some Greek culture, does some Jewish culture to kind of give you its current world. They talk about the idea of death or resurrection or incarnation or any of those things through there um, and how people would have viewed them and then kind of rolls through that and then gives you essentially a mini commentary on every book in the new testament so way ahead of what you would get from something like a study bible but not uh, you know obviously a full commentary because it's focused a little more narrow i'd say anyone who who really wants to get into studying the new testament i I can't think of anything better than this Um, it's also just a really high quality book if you get the hardback Um, quality pages they have a lot of exhibits photos um i i kind of nerded out on it and liken it to back was that like 15 20 years ago when blue planet or whatever it was that that Mm -hmm. documentary series that just kind of broke everyone's mind with the high quality that's that's really what this what this book is in book form and uh to be able to read through that and really get drilled down by two new testament scholars um talking about the new testament is it's really good i'd, I'd recommend it for anyone the, it's, a, it's a big book probably the blue planet of books it's the blue <laughs> it's the blue planet of evangelical new testament scholarship oh that makes it much more neat. <laughs> okay. right rolls off the tongue everyone's gonna remember so easy that to say. it's beautiful but it, it, it is it is big it's like 700 bucks 700 bucks 700 pages it's only Maybe like 20, 30 bucks has been out for a while. I found a misprint edition where it's only slightly skewed and it was like half off. So look for that because, you know. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good point. Money don't grow on trees. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. Any others before I take one? <laughs> sure. Go for it. What you got? Well, I, I'm looking at all the books that I have lined up and I'm not really sure to start, quite honestly. And so I, I think what I'm going to do is go topical. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share that I have actually been spending a lot of time reading about worship this year. 
There's a couple books that I read last year, so I'm not going to talk about those right now, but I will mention just a few that I read this year and the differences between them and what I liked about them. There's one called How Shall We Worship by Marva Dawn. And I read this one, or I read part of it a couple years ago, and I liked it. But I reread it this year, and I like it because it's not only really practical in nature, but also gives you a light dosing of theology behind some of the points that she makes. But what's really cool is that she takes Psalm 96 and actually uses it as a guide for principles of how we shall worship. And I think that was a really unique approach. And it's, it's a really easy read, and I think it's a, a cool entry point for anyone who's wanting to learn how to think more um, critically about what worship should look like in today's day and age. Another one that I think is really, uh, really neat and is really good in particular if you know anybody who is kind of starting out on a worship team or leading worship in particular, there is a book called Worship Matters by Bob Coughlin. I have been long overdue to read this book. It's probably one I should have read a decade ago when I was starting out, but it's one of the the most well-known in the industry um, for those who lead worship. And it's a really solid book. Um, it's probably my favorite worship book of all time, but it's really good. It's, it's kind of like a, a good solid, like 101 type book. Um, it's not super deep theologically. It's not super practical. It's this really nice middle ground, which is really cool. Um, and then I have another, um, another book that I just personally really enjoyed and I've actually read it twice. This was this, um, I read it last, gosh, summer and a half ago almost at this point and then last year again called writing worship and it's won by a woman named Chrissy Nordoff who is a songwriter based in Nashville who is a songwriting mentor and does all these different things for the songwriting community and she put out a book on the art of writing worship music and for anyone out there who has an inkling toward that it's a really really good inviting book about how to think about it and how to get started in some of those spaces and I find it even in you know at my stage in some of that still really encouraging and insightful. So I think from that topical standpoint, I'll stop there and pass it back over, but that's kind of a roundup of some worship books. I can, I can follow up with that one. The uh, Re- Reformation Anglican Worship, which is a clunky title um, that's at a crossway. That's about uh, kind of the English Reformation and um, Anglican views of worship and church and a little bit of theology coming out of there. It's called Reformation Anglican Worship because it really focuses on um, the English Reformation, kind of a Reformed-ish theology. So if you're like an Anglo-Catholic, it um, you probably disagree with most of it, and it probably wouldn't interest you. But some of that was some of that's kind of neat. I ended up reading a couple books on Anglicanism. Um, the Catechism that they put out, which has a forward and intro written by um, J.I. Packer, probably the last thing he did. That was really interesting. It's it's an Anglican. It's called To Be a Christian, an Anglican Catechism. Um, that's actually it's pretty broad though. I think most evangelical Christians would get behind that. That'd be a good one. Let's see. Uh, the Wisdom Pyramid. A lot of people probably heard of that one. Uh, that was really interesting. I think that came out last year. Um, a couple books on the church. That's not very good. Uh, the wisdom. Nope. I just said that. The Psalms. You want to talk about the two Psalms books? If we were to recommend one, which would you go with? We both read oh, How to Read man. the Psalms and Learning to love the Psalms for our Psalm series that we had last spring, which you can find on our website. I'd probably pick how to read the Psalms. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, think that one right was answer. a little bit better. That Tremper Longman one. They're both good, but if oh, I had I to pick that one. On list. That, oh, you should add it. I should. <laughs> Get your numbers up. Those are rookie numbers. you got to pump them up. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, I, I would pick that one of the two. But I think both are really solid. But I definitely I liked that one more. And I felt like it it taught me more about mm-hmm. the, the Psalms itself um, than themselves than anything else. Yeah, Longman's probably my favorite Old Testament scholar. So 
Uh, that book's a little shorter. It's a little cheaper. It's a little older, too. You can probably get a good used copy mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll take it. One of the things that we keep passing over, I know you're, like, scrolling through your list here. The series that we both read, and actually you're all the way finished with it. I am four out of five books through, and I have the goal of reading the last, the fifth book by the end of this month. But we read um, a series, and I don't know the actual name of the series. I don't know if it's the Five Solo series. I think that's what it's called. But basically, there's a book, it's a five-part series where it goes through God's word alone, grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, God's glory alone. And they are, in my opinion worth every single minute you read them. I have a favorite within the the entire series, and it was the Grace Alone book. Um, but I know that there have been points along the way where I, I just really took in some of what was in these books about how to think about these things. And I learned so much more about each one of these solos than I had ever known before. And in particular, the Grace Alone one really transformed how I, how I think about communion and prayer specifically. And I think that, that that's probably... Um, worth the <laughs> the read alone, in my opinion. I know you like the series a lot too. You have uh, no, that? no. I couldn't really recommend the series. Um, you know, it's about fifteen hundred pages between the five books. Uh, well, you and I disagreed on the the scripture alone one. I, I think I think there was way too much focus on inerrancy, and people make that a first order doctrine. I think to the detriment. Um, but maybe, I guess if you can take a higher level, if you haven't read much about it. Which is where I come from. Okay. So if you haven't read a lot about that topic, it's a really good overview and entry point. It is probably a little more dense than some might be, but it's because it needs to be. And so for someone like me who really hadn't studied that before, it was really good. And I it found it to be... the longest one, too. It was the longest one, yeah. It was, was one, 400 yeah. pages. Yeah, there. so you who have studied that and have read a lot about that, didn't find it as interesting and as valuable as I did. But if you're newer to that topic in particular, I thought it was a good read. Maybe not the best one overall if I read more, but mm-hmm. I thought it was I thought it was good, and I, I think that it was definitely worthwhile. And they, they placed it in the context of what it meant in history, too. So it was mm-hmm. like it looked at all the, the pieces of Scripture alone, like it's um, the inspiration of Scripture, the clarity of Scripture, the sufficiency of Scripture, and all those things. But they also Authority. talked about the, his, mm-hmm. the history of what it meant at the time of the Reformation. And even that, I don't think I knew the specifics um, that they, they laid out that have been really helpful in shaping some of what I even understand today to mm-hmm. be some of that. So, Yeah, it's good. And if uh, a little tangent, I finally read, I've had it on my shelf for like five years is that we were big fans of the you know x views five views three views two view, two two wow let's edit that five views of uh inerrancy so if you're curious as to different views on that or if you didn't know there are different views i'd really really recommend that one that one's long it's really good but back to the to the solos i'd say yeah the grace alone um i think was probably the best one like if you Absolutely. were gonna grab one uh that's carl truman uh, a lot of people probably heard of him a uh, great his church historian and kind of mm-hmm. theologianish, and he uh, he touches on the whole Reformation, I think, in that. But his whole focus is why why uh, grace is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one was was so good. I was actually when I read that one and I got to the end, I was disappointed it was over already. And that's how you know it's really good. I'm like, I want there to be more to it because it was just so good. So um, I know you mentioned um, some of the the two views, three views, five views, and all that that you read. I also read one this year called Two Views on Women in Ministry, which is a little misleading because it's it's actually four views, but it's within two camps. Everyone who knows even a little bit about the, the topic of women in ministry knows that 
the complementarian egalitarian discussions and so there's actually this book presents two views within each one of those and so it's a total of four different views and they're slightly different within each one of those and for someone who has has thought about this um, read through this struggled through this over the course of my my life as a woman in the church who serves I found it to be a really helpful deeper dive into some of those discussions and some of the scripture that support different viewpoints. And I walked away, and I, I know I think you even talked about this sometimes with some of these views book where you read one, you're like, oh, I kind of see that point. That, that's a good point. And then you get to to the rebuttal to that point. You're like, oh, well, that's a good point too. And then you get to the next chapter with the next view. And, you, mm-hmm. and so like it really makes you think a lot and it helps refine what you even set out in the beginning thinking was your kind of set point view. And I, I found it to be a really a really valuable read, especially given some of the debate that's happening right now throughout the church about this topic. And it made me want to continue reading more. And so actually, as we look for books to read in 2022, we have a couple on our list that are related to this topic because there's just there's so much happening that we want to be well-versed in it and have an idea of what's out there, what's being you know debated and discussed, but also to have well, deep-formed opinions so that we can not only live well, but teach our kids, especially our daughter. I think it's important to me to have some of that. So that's, that's a really good one I'd recommend. Others on your end? Uh, I'm trying to think of what else was good. Didn't give much fiction. Read Heart of Darkness. Um, that was that was pretty good. Brief history of time for for physics nerds yeah, out there. It's a that classic. One. That's a uh, yeah. I think he's dead, right? Did he die? So it's probably not going to be edited again or revised again. It's probably the final edition. I have the the 2012 edition. I want to say so. He's updated it a couple times. Um, you can nerd out on black holes and speed of light and those sort of things, which is pretty yeah. cool. Or string theory, which only works if there's 12 or 15 dimensions and yeah. And uh, anyway, and it was it was called what again? I don't remember the title. A brief history of brief time. History That's time. Stephen Hawking. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we watched the movie after you read it too, which was really cool. Right. That was more about his life, though. But no, it's no, a good but movie. it was but it was good interesting movie. to watch the two together because it had come out too. So well, my screen died, so I don't know how much my other books. I'm trying to. <laughs> I know. I feel I think, bad. You don't have yours. I, think I, I have. Got them. That's why you should have brought the physical books. In here. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, I did a couple crossway ones. Uh, a lot of people have probably read are going to get to the um, rediscovering church. Yes. Uh, I know I was supposed to have like 20-something free ones sent to our church. I have no idea if it ever made it there. Um, someone else also had that shipped, and so we actually had one of his copies after I got my free mm-hmm. copy. Uh, you started that, didn't you? I did. I, yeah, I'm halfway through it right now, actually, and it's been good so far. Yeah, so it's a basic kind of theology of what the church is. Um, pretty Baptist, or entirely Baptist, I think. Uh, but it, it's good coming out of COVID because, you know, a lot of people are still kind of tagging in and out. Yeah, and that one actually was released this year, and so it's yes. very current. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it even references um, the the riot at the Capitol at the beginning of the year, oh, and right. like just like the the unrest that is being experienced. And so it's it feels really current when you read it, which I like. And it's so it's such a simple read, but it's also like I, I think I keep telling you this that the simplicity of it is what makes it really attractive because you're just like, oh, that's a great point, and it's so easy to remember. It's kind of soundbitey, which I like. Cool. Well, what are you what are you trying to wrap up here at the end of the year? Anything you're reading right now that you'd recommend? Uh, that's one of them for sure. Um, I'm trying to get through that one. I have another one on my list um, called How Shall or not How Shall We Worship? That's the one I'm looking at right now. Mm-hmm. It's called What Happens When We Worship. What happens? And I can't remember who reads that one, but I'll report on that one hopefully soon. Well, I and think then, you read it. Do you mean who wrote it? 
Yep, who wrote it? Shush, <laughs> that's true. Okay. Come on, anyway. you can't laugh. We're professionals. Um, no, absolutely. Um, You're wasting tape. But I actually just, um, I just finished one that I'm going to reread in 2022 because I really liked it. And it's called Lead, and it's by Paul David Tripp, and it's 12 Gospel Principles for Leadership Within the Church. And it's phenomenal. I don't know if anyone out there has read it, but it's so good. And I found myself at the same time so motivated and inspired by what he wrote and so convicted at the same time for all the ways I fall short that it was just this, I don't know, like it just, it just awakened parts of, of my, my soul to, to the role of, of leading the church in any capacity, whether it's an official role or a volunteer role or just like a community, just like the, the role of people in the church and its principles, I think are so applicable even past like a leadership team. I mean, it's really how we should relate with one another. And it was just, it was just fantastic. And I really liked it. So that's one that I just finished up. Um, and then I'm finishing up that fifth one in the solo series. So that's, that's oh, my right. list. And I have what, three and a half weeks left of this year. So I think that's about it for me because that'll top me out at like almost 25 books for the year. So yeah, I had an interesting recommendation maybe last year um, from somebody to read on the incarnation. That's uh, Athanasius. Mm-hmm. That's a uh, third century. Um, interesting time to be reading it, as you know, some of the popular uh, Twitter theologians and the most popular <laughs> systematic theology in America is semi-Arian and not Orthodox Trinitarianism. So that's cool. So it's interesting to read a book from Athanasius. For, of course, you know, we get the Athanasian Creed, and, and he was the one of the biggest proponents of Arius. Uh, that could be a topic all on its own. But the Incarnation is about just like it sounds about it's like why Christ became a man, why God, the pre-existent God became incarnate and became a man, was both God and man. Um, and then it carries through to why uh, he had to die the way he died. And um, so it's a little apologetics. It's a little teaching. Um, and it's just so fascinating because it's, you know, 15, 1700 years old to see him dealing with some of the same things. Um, it's so interesting to see him have to argue that Christ was a man mm. and not just a, a deity, a God that exists. And we have the complete opposite now. Of course, most no one would, well, a few random loony people will say he's not a man uh, that ever existed. Most people say he's a man, good teacher, blah, 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 but not not God. The more popular thing in the second, third, and fourth century for you know the Greeks and was that he was a disembodied spirit uh, who appeared as a man um, so it's fascinating and he also has some apologetics to the Jews and, and uh, Gentiles at the time from a Christian perspective um, which you don't have to wait till Advent you know Lent's coming up I'd say it fits really well in Lent too because it ends with the resurrection of course because mm-hmm. that's our that's our hope um, I'm reading what I think so I have like 300 pages to go but I'll finish it hopefully uh would probably be end up being my most recommended systematic theology. It's uh, Michael Bird's Evangelical Theology. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it, it's it maybe not the best. That's still probably Reformed Dogmatics, but that's almost four thousand pages, so that's hard for people to sit down and read. It's four volume book. Um, but Evangelical Theology, about eight nine hundred pages, written um, pretty you know to a popular audience. I think a lot of people could take a lot from it, uh, and it's it's you know orthodox and broad and, and teaches you some different perspectives, but it's still what it needs to be as far as orthodoxy goes, mm-hmm. which is better than some of the other popular ones out there. And I think that's probably about it. Got yeah. to read my uh, Christmas Carol. I read a Christmas Carol every year. Um, mm-hmm. One of my top three books of all time. So yeah, probably start that. Maybe read that with the That's kids. so funny. You have one that you read every December because I have one I read every January. 
like a month off from each other. Sure, sure. <laughs> I love it. Well, cool. All right. Well, that's probably it as far as some of our, our book thoughts go. But we uh, we hope that you enjoyed hearing a little bit about what we've read. We'd love to hear if you've read anything that you would recommend or that you think that we should read. Um, we're always open to new book suggestions. And especially this time of year because we start making our, our annual book reading goals around this time of year. And so if you guys have any thoughts, we'd love to hear from you. So Yeah, we've had some, some good feedback. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, if you want to... Send us anything, let us know, uh, encouragement, any topics. I know I was talking to Hutan the Persian the other day about what he wanted to kind of hear, things he was interested in. So, Well, and we, we just also want to say, too, that we really appreciate all of you and all of you that have listened to even one episode this year and have supported us as we've launched this. We are really grateful for you, and we hope that you'll join us next year as we continue to release material. We've loved, as Kevin mentioned, we've loved hearing from you. We've loved hearing your thoughts on certain episodes and getting some feedback. So keep it coming in the new year as we continue to go, and we, we hope you you and your families and your friends have a wonderful Christmas. We encourage you to um, to rate, review, and subscribe. Make sure you subscribe, actually, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to make sure you're knowing when some of our new episodes come out because that'll be the way that you'll know firsthand when they're ready to go um, in any of your podcast players. Yeah, this is your first time. It, it, it gets better. Uh, here we are winging it at, <laughs> at halftime right before we head out to go this watch really, Georgia Bama. This really so. is in between a failed nap for the for the boys. Yes. And uh, <laughs> Some of you may hear banging on a door. Um, it's fine. It's okay. They're locked out. They're not locked it's, in. No, it's yeah, and it's blocks. <laughs> I think they're hitting the blocks on other blocks or something along the lines in the playroom. Um, but we um, we look forward to connecting with you more in the new year. So see you next time. Go dogs. <laughs>